Welcome to the Produce Industry Podcast, your weekly download on current events, trends, market reports, and community discussions. Join us each week from Tampa, Florida, as we cover all aspects of the produce supply chain industry. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Patrick Kelly. Welcome back to the Produce Industry Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Patrick Kelly. As always, I am honored to be here coming to you live from Tampa, Florida. Today is November 29th, 2021, the last Monday in November. And guess what, everyone? One month and we are complete with 2021. I said it in the beginning of the year that it would go by at lightning pace speed and boy, oh boy, it did. Now for his second week in a row, we have Mr. Ross Nelson co-hosting this episode with our special guest, Bianca Caprillion, the CEO and co-owner at Fruit World. You might have seen her product with those fancy purple, green, and pink labels delivering organic products. And one of my favorites, citrus. I hope everybody had a happy Thanksgiving holiday last week and you're back at it. Let's not forget that we've got a few more holidays in December to celebrate. So we'll be back at you with Fresh From The Field Fridays with new products, new brands, and new recipes. I'm excited to announce that we have a few new brands and companies going to be sponsoring the podcast in 2022. So stay tuned January 1st to find out who our new sponsors are. Also, don't forget to sign up for the Virtual Networking Hour hosted by the Produce Industry Podcast, December 29th, 2021. This is our last networking hour of the year. So bring your Santa hat. Get a little jolly, maybe a cup of hot chocolate, as Ross Nelson says, and join this virtual networking hour, December 29th, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, Ross, welcome back on the show today, man. Thanks, Patrick. Glad to be back for another episode of the Produce Industry Podcast. Listen, it has been fantastic having Indianapolis Fruit Company sponsor the show as well as co-host these episodes and bringing dynamite people with dynamite content on today. Now, the relationship today was brought to you by Indianapolis Fruit Company. Ross and I were talking and he was like, I have a great idea. Let's talk organic citrus. And I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. We're talking citrus again? I was like, well, who is this? Who are we talking organic citrus with? And Ross, what did you say? I said, well, I've got a great vendor that we started working with this past year who has some really cool items. Their packaging is fantastic. And a lot of the consumers really enjoyed their organic citrus this past season. So we're looking forward to starting another year and having some great organic citrus with Fruit World. Fruit World. So this is new to me. So now I've connected with Fruit World on LinkedIn. I've seen the colors of their boxes. I have seen some of the people out in the industry. But again, sometimes you are in this industry for so long, right? And you meet new people every single day. And what I've liked about this is obviously, if you listen to the show, I am a citrus guy. I am conventional citrus. Well, guess what, everyone? We're going to talk about organic citrus today and some other items. Hey, Ross, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest today? All right. I would love to. From Fruit World, we have Bianca with us. And Bianca is a great connection that Indianapolis Fruit and myself partnered with last year. And we'll get her on the line here. Hey, guys. Excited to be here. Hey, excited to have you. I am glad that we have transitioned from LinkedIn um, and now talking to more relevant conversations. Now, everybody, When I hooked up with Bianca, she goes, hey, Patrick, do you remember me? We had a conversation about five years ago. 
the question marks were going above my head. I was like, oh my goodness, I normally remember everybody. And we connected back when I was at CH Robinson. And that's what's so cool is that relationships, relationships, they spread so wide in the produce and supply chain industry. Coming full circle now here with Ross at Indie Fruit. Bianca, it's just, it's wonderful to have you. Seriously, it's just a great connection to have. So welcome on board and can't wait to start hearing more um, about Fruit World. So why don't we just dive into this and give us this 30,000 foot overview of who Fruit World is. Cool, let's do it. We started in 2017 and it was started by myself, Bianca Caprillion, and my business partner, CJ Buxman. And I'm gonna zoom out even further now. Um, I grew up in a farming family. I grew up farming in Reedley, California. And um, my father still farms, my grandfather still farms. We have a packing house out in Reedley. And I was encouraged just as CJ was, don't, don't farm. Farming is hard. Farming is a tough way of living. Get out of here, go wherever you want to college, go do something else. And so I did, I went to the East Coast for college. I thought I had wanted nothing to do with farming. And I slowly over time really felt the pull back to my ag roots. And um, I eventually moved, I was living in New York. I eventually moved to California and I, and I was working in documentary filmmaking. And I was finding that a lot of the projects I was working on were or drawn to were ag based. And so I decided to go back to school. I went to UC Santa Cruz and I studied agroecology, lived on their farm. And when I was finished with that program, I knew I wanted to work directly with produce, but I wasn't ready to actually go back to my family's farm and start farming. So I ended up going and working for Veritable Vegetable, which is the oldest organic wholesaler in the country. And I was a buyer there at Veritable and really earned, um, earned my education and my, my real life produce education and um, knew that I loved it and it was something I wanted to continue to do. I went on to become a buyer for a major national retail chain. And um, while I was there, I got a call from my dad one day and he said, hey, you've talked about wanting to be a bigger part of the family business the big marketing company that has represented our family citrus for over a decade has decided to pull out of the California citrus deal. They've left us with uh, all our fruit, no marketer, and they were the one customer for my family's packing house. So the packing house lost their one customer. So uh, my dad said, I'm excited. This is an opportunity for you. And I'm sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, this is really scary. And he's on the other end of the line saying, this is great. This is an opportunity. And so what we ended up doing was um, my dad really encouraged me to, to uh, do this on my own without, uh, to have it be tangi tangential to the family business, but on my own. So I ended up connecting with CJ Buxman, who's also, uh, he's a third generation family farmer in the Valley. And, um, Similar story, CJ was farming. He wanted to figure out how to be a uh, bigger part of his family's farming legacy. CJ wanted to, he was converting all his acreage to organic. And um, he really wanted to have control as a farmer over what he was growing and how it was being marketed. So we teamed up lots of conversations, um, you know, after hours, uh, late at night, just trying to figure out how we wanted to um, structure our company and in 2017 we launched Fruit World and our goal is to 
make sure that family farming can continue into future generations. And what that looked like at, in 2017 was really making sure that we continued into future generations, that our family farms continued into future generations. And the amazing thing has been that that has now morphed into, um, over time, into welcoming other family farms into the Fruit World Orbit and getting to uh, represent other family farms and grow in that way. And it's been pretty incredible to see, to see the response one of the big things that um, that we said from the beginning is we wanted to stand out. We wanted to be different. I'm happy to talk more about more about that if you guys would like. Oh, we we can't wait to talk a little bit more about that. And what <laughs> I love is, you know, my dad. He he's an immigrant from Canada. He came down to California with with his, you know, my nana in the early '70s. Got ingrained in the citrus industry right there in Squaw Valley, right. So right down the road from Reedley you know, ended up being in Visalia. My family's still in Visalia. You know, heck, I owned a house in Exeter for, you know, 12 plus years. You know, it, it's great to see the generations, you know, moving on and coming back. You know, one thing my dad told me, he's like, listen, don't go to college. And I'm like, what? He's like, don't go to college. I'll get you a PhD in produce. And I was like, how do you do that? He goes, come work for the business. And within four to eight years, he goes, you will know more about supply chain. You'll know more about what happens in the globe doing produce than anything else. Heck, now we're 15 years later. I can't seem to get out of produce, right? And everybody's like, I can't believe you do that. So I think that is important, even myself. I always say I'm third generation and people are like, what? And I'm like, well, my Nana actually worked at a grocery store in the produce department for over 20 plus years. My dad worked at that same grocery store in Huntington Beach and then Pasadena and then moved on to a different part of the supply chain. And then now his kids in the produce industry. So we have three generations, maybe not a grower, a packer, a shipper, but three generations of being in the produce industry from, again, and Ross can talk about this being an ex-Lucky's employee starting at the store is very important, right? In this sometimes your career and where you go. So I think that's fascinating that you talk about moving away and then coming back because I think this industry is that. We want to come back home. We want to come back to the family. And we want to see fresh fruit and vegetable consumption through the roof. Right, Ross? Exactly. And talking to Bianca when I first met her and hearing the story, it was so enlightening to hear about, you know, the future generations wanting to carry on. The story was was just so cool that I was like, we got we to gotta get in business with this vendor. We got to do more. And seeing the packaging and how that they're really part of trying to carry on for future generations. And I think some of that gets missed in our industry. You forget about how valuable the farmer is. Everything mm. goes back to the farmer. We have to, as an industry, take care of the farmer better than we have. Yep. There's Hey, I looked on Ross's wall here. There's rules to success about these types of things. And I, and I think there's <laughs> a lot of rules of success, right? When, when being a, a grower, packer, shipper, and we can't always go back to the farmer and say, hey, you take this. So for us to be able to move generation to generation to generation, there's got to be a lot of change. And that's what I like about this. As you said, we want to be different. And a lot of times, you know, even speaking with uh, uh, one of our sponsors, Equifruit, they became bold. They're like, we're going to be bold and we're going to go after and attack this new way of marketing. I think that's what you're doing at Fruit World. We're trying for sure. One of the really fun projects when we first started was we needed to create our packaging uh, what was the look and feel of Fruit World going to be? And so found a really amazing designer and I brought her to a cooler, a big warehouse. And I said, let's walk through here. What 
my goal is for Fruit World is I want you to be able to pick that palette out from, you know, 100 feet away. I don't want to look like any of these labels in here. I want us to look different. And it was great. Um, I think that she hit the nail on the head. And the next phase for Fruit World is just continuing to, continuing to evolve and never really letting us stagnate. And that, um, that's got to come through in our brand design because eventually the industry catches up. We need to figure out how to be on the forefront. Yeah. And talking about that, you know, recently uh, I was uh, out East visiting some family and I found some old crates and looking back at how cool some of the old packaging was. And I, I know right away I got a hold of Patrick and he was like, Hey, can you go back there and get some of those for me? And it's just, it's looking at the history of produce and the boxes and the crates and the labels and, and how much of a design played into what people used to select from, you know, you don't see the design anymore. And when we had fruit world boxes in here last season, you could do right that you could pick those boxes out from the other end of the cooler. You could see they were colorful. You could make it out and, and it really stood out in the facility moving forward That's awesome with, yeah moving forward from the packaging how does this upcoming season look what's the what's the forecast for 2021 and 2022 great question so on organic citrus uh we started in california we've started in the district three growing region which is the deep desert and uh the lemon crop the organic lemon crop down in the desert is is looking prolific um fruit quality is really strong the volume is great, and uh, it's shaping up to be a really good season. And um, we've also started shipping desert grapefruit, organic Rio Reds out of the desert. And again, that crop is, is looking really strong. Um, Size-wise, it's a little small this year, but overall looking really good. And then uh, we also have organic sweet limes down in the desert, which is a little bit of a unique item. You don't come across organic sweet limes very often. Um, conventionally, it's something that we find, but not organically. So we're really excited about that item. We're trying to add more specialty items to our mix. And, um, and so that's been a fun one. Yeah, so think about this. So as a consumer listening, and if you are a consumer listening to the show right now, uh, Bianca might have confused you and said, it's really small. Let's give our consumers kind of a uh, eye for eye. So when you say really small, Bianca, are you talking about a marble or are you talking about a baseball? Give the consumers, like I said, what they're looking at when you say small in the grocery stores. Yep. Great question. So when I'm saying small, I'm thinking like the size of a softball um, or maybe between a tennis ball and a softball, something like that. Definitely, I don't want to see any grapefruit that's the size of a marble. That would not be so good. Typically, consumers like larger grapefruit, um, like something, uh, I'd say, bigger than a softball for sure. I don't know. Is, is a wiffle ball bigger than a softball? I'm, I'm not oh, sure. Oh, wiffle but... ball could be one, too. I definitely. That, <laughs> but that's a good resemblance. So it gives our listeners kind of that eye. So look at it. A softball. Um, a baseball, a wiffle ball. I mean, these are bowling some, ball, uh, bowling ball. We're talking, what are we talking about pomelos in, in Florida? <laughs> I mean, I just visited a Florida pomelo grove and I can tell you these pomelos, these Florida starburst pomelos, Bianca were the size of my head. You could only fit five to eight of them in a box. I mean, it was crazy. They pack That's them insane. by hand, everything. They wash them by hand. Um, just overall, just incredible. And you could just tell you know, when you look at this, it's a one of a kind piece of fruit too. You know what I mean? So 
like I said, the consumer's got to know, like, what am I looking for here? Not a bowling ball for sure. For sure. <laughs> the rind on a, on a, a grapefruit would be horrific. I would think of it the size, <laughs> you know, people of, wouldn't of be happy ball. with us. Yeah. It just depends, right? I guess it depends how, you know, big of a grapefruit um, enthusiast that you are. Right. So I think that's one of them, <laughs> but you know, Bianca, it's, it's, it's great to hear about the upcoming crop. I love hearing about the relationships. And actually, this is a perfect time to take a quick break, hear from our sponsors, and then get right back talking all things Fruit World. What's even more convenient than having fresh cut apple slices ready to snack on? Having them delivered to your doorstep. Arctic apple varieties are now included in FlavorWave boxes in the Los Angeles area. Plus, subscribers can scan a special QR code for their chance to win an Arctic apple prize pack. Discover a wave of freshly picked flavor when you crunch into an Arctic Golden or an Arctic Granny Fresh Slice. Are you ready to enhance your skills? Every day we are tasked to make fast, effective decisions to keep up with the fast-paced produce industry. At AgTools, we take the pressure off of gathering data to help make your day easier and more enjoyable. Connecting the supply chain with AgTools is unique, practical, and easy. AgTools can be used from multiple angles of the produce industry, from farmers all the way to logistics companies. We call that 360-degree decision-making day after day. Visit www.ag.tools.com to gain more reliable and relevant data to see more, achieve more. And now, back to our show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Produce Industry Podcast. It was great hearing from our sponsors. And let's get back to Bianca from Fruit World. Hello, everybody. So we left off talking about desert citrus, which is down Southern California citrus. Now we're going to move up and we're going to move to the Central Valley, which is the more of the center of California. And that's the uh, primary grow citrus growing region in California. So we're looking at in, um, we usually start around early November. We start with mandarins. Fruit World has both conventional and transitional mandarins, and our big program is organic mandarins. So we're actually converting a lot of acreage over from conventional to organic in the mandarin sector. And the crop on the mandarins this year is actually about 50% lighter than a typical season due to a few different factors. Some uh, One factor being we had some extreme heat in the state in the months during the bloom period for the fruit. So um, we lost some, some, of that bloss, uh, some of that blossom due to excessive heat. And then the second big factor is the crop was very large last year and citrus trees are alternate bearing. And what that means is one year they like to have a heavy crop, the next year they like to have a lighter crop. And it goes back and forth. Well, what happened last year is the crop was extremely heavy. So that is, um, that means that this year the trees just don't have as much energy. And so they, they, uh, they produce fewer, fewer blossoms, which turns out to be fewer fruit on the trees. So the man, uh, overall mandarin crop out of the state of California is going to be pretty light this year. Uh, navels are a little bit of a better story. Navel oranges, uh, we're going to start up with our organic navel oranges. 
also in early November. And that crop is a little light, maybe about 20% off, but overall we have more acreage in organic this year. So we're gonna probably see a similar, um, a similar volume coming out of Fruit World on organic oranges. That's going to be uh, really different this year. You know, one thing that I love and that I miss about California citrus, I'm going to tell you, okay? And you're going to think it's funny and maybe a little bit weird. I miss the soil because the soil is completely different than Florida citrus. It is sand out here. They grow this tropical fruit in sand. Number two, the California orange blossom smell is phenomenal. It doesn't matter oh, where amazing. you are in the Central Valley. I'm telling you, it's you could wake up in the morning and my dad always used to say this as a funny joke. He would be like, I love the smell of cow manure in the morning, obviously living in Squaw Valley. And then it changed to, oh, I just love that, those orange blossoms, right? So it's, it's just awesome, one, to know that you're in the Central Valley. Um, we've got another guest that's here live in the studio that we might bring on and say hello. That is another citrus guy that you might know or the community might know of. Um, but I just think, like I said, those two factors for me, soil, and the blooms, fantastic, fantastic, Ross. Well, I haven't got to experience that, but one of these years I'll have to get out there and take it in for myself. Come on, Ross. Listen, that's I tell about smell vision. Ooh, it. Ooh, I'm telling the you. Another cool thing. There's nothing better than the, going to the Central Valley, checking out some citrus groves, and then going and seeing the General Sherman up in the Sequoia National Forest. I mean, it's. I'm just saying. I lived like 20 miles from it. It was, it's like, if you go, you got to see the citrus and then go see the big trees, right? It's pretty spectacular. The other cool thing about the bloom is um, when you have all the blossoms and then they fall, it just, it blankets the valley in this amazing white. And it kind of looks like, it looks like snow a little bit. Sounds cool. I'll have to get out there to see it. So we've heard about your citrus, but I know we've talked and we did a little bit of some other items that you guys do at Fruit World. Why don't you tell us about some of the other cool things that you guys do outside of citrus? Yes, I'd love to. So outside of citrus, we have a small stone fruit program. We have some of the earliest organic cherries coming out of California. It's a little program. We start right at the beginning. We go a couple weeks and we're out. They are delicious. We have some organic apricots, some organic um, uh, peaches, some organic nectarines. And then uh, we get into a, uh, our grape program. So we have an organic grape program, and I think you guys will love this. One thing that we do, um, organic tomcords are our big uh, specialty grape item. And it's a really cool grape. It tastes like a Concord, but it has some seedless Thompson in there. So you get uh, this really Concord, which is like the grape juice flavor when you eat these grapes, but they don't have any seeds. They're seedless. The skin is edible. It's not a slip skin. So, oh yeah, you guys have some right now. So uh, what we do is we put a little card in every retail package and it says, it gives a little bit of our story. CJ's the grower of these tom, of our organic tomcord grapes, and it and it has CJ's story about how he started farming, and then it has a phone number on there, and it invites consumers to text us, and we get 20 to 30 texts a day, sometimes more, and people just tell us their story about how they love these grapes. We get so many people reaching out saying, "This is a grape that reminds me of my childhood. My grandparents had a grapevine that tasted just like this." in their backyard and I have fond memories of eating it. We get pictures of people's kids eating the grapes. We got this awesome picture of a person had 
um, laid out on the floor a grid of 24 empty grape clamshells and said that she went back to the store and um, she wanted to finish out her grid with 25 clamshells, but uh, they were sold out for the year. So she's like, I can't wait until next year. It's been a really cool way to connect directly with consumers. We respond to every single text. That's fantastic. And that's what it's about nowadays. It's like it's the B2B model has shifted. Regardless if you're a business, you still have to find ways to interact with those consumers. Again, whether it's a chat bot via your Facebook page, whether it's interacting via text messages, it is a great way. We can't just let the retailers, the marketplaces do all of that, right? We got to have them to have a connection with us and with our product. So what's crazy is I have some of these Concord grapes in front of me and I just can't they're get not, they're not for Tom Cord. They're not the Tom Cord, but I have a Concord and I just can't believe the smell of these, right? I mean it, oh, it's so good. I mean, it's like, like I said, it's like getting smacked in the face with Smucker's jelly. It's 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 nothing nothing more exactly. than that. So I I, th- I think that's it's a phenomenal product. I think that again, moving into new commodities, right? This fruit world, I have a I have a feeling there's gonna be more to come from fruit world, right? There's this right, look at it, yep, I knew it. <laughs> so what's on the horizon we're, though? So on the horizon is we're we're growing our citrus program. We're continuing to grow our organic citrus program, entering into more specialty items, different types of quats, kumquats, lime quats, mandarin quats, some organic Buddha hand, some organic lemonade lemons, other fun citrus items. We're also expanding our grape program but it's going to just be a specialty grape program. So the Tom Cords, like we've talked about, it's an awesome grape. We wanna have some other really kind of uh, mix between heritage and high flavor varieties. Uh, We started um, just this last year shipping a Kyoho grape, which is a grape out of Japan. It's a highly prized grape out of Japan just another really cool one that you don't see in the U.S. very much. So we're looking for those special varieties that have some history, but also uh, mixed with something new and special about them. Tomatoes. I have. Can I tell you guys about tomatoes? Okay. And it's a fruit. It's a reminder that tomatoes are a fruit. We have two organic dry farm tomato growers. And I find that outside of Northern California in particular, a lot of people don't necessarily know what dry farming is. So these tomatoes are um, come out of the Santa Cruz area, which is coastal California, and they are plant our growers plant them right after when they think the last rain is going to be. They'll plant the the last rain of the spring. They'll plant these they'll plant these tomato vines, and then they don't get any water. They literally have to struggle. Those roots have to struggle down into the ground to find. Um, to find the water table. So the water table where they're growing has to be high enough because they do need water. It's just that we are not giving them water. The growers are not giving them water. It creates these tomatoes. They're small in size. The flavor is this extremely highly concentrated flavor. It's really, when people talk about tomatoes as being a fruit, this is like exactly what I think of. So they're just these very special um, delicious tomatoes and people who know them are waiting every summer like hey when are we going to have those when are you guys going to be uh, be packing some up we are we want them we are ready I, I think I'm supposed to be getting some of those here soon to try if I'm not mistaken you are you are we're getting a sample in the mail to you I love it <laughs> well you know if you checked out my YouTube show the produce industry show everyone I try some tomatoes. Now they're from Intergrow, um, I believe up in 
Michigan, New York, I have to remember. Um, sometimes I, it, it escapes me sometimes. Um, but Intergrow, it's crazy because I grab one of these beef steak tomatoes and I take a bite right out of it. And people are like, you're crazy. I was like, love tomatoes. I mean, so I'm, I'm actually interested to try what you're talking about. It seems like it might have a little different flavor to it. Uh, tomatoes are a staple item in the Kelly household for sure. So I'm definitely looking forward to, to trying some of these. Now, we talk about relationships, Bianca. We saw some of the Fruit World uh, product down in the warehouse. But again, we're going to talk about relationships, okay? And when we talk about relationships, we've got someone that's here from the Central Valley as well in the green room. So we're going to bring him in to say hello. Maybe it's a relationship you already know, but we think it was great to bring another citrus grower, not organic, but a conventional citrus grower on board. So I want to introduce you and let you say hello to Michael Chavez of Golden Star Citrus. Mike, come on into the room. Hey, Bianca. Nice to meet you. I had to come all the way to Indianapolis to meet a neighbor from the Central Valley. <laughs> hey, Mike. I know we've got to get together back in uh, back in the Valley when we're both there. Yeah, exactly. No, I look forward to connecting. Uh, definitely uh, know uh, of the Caprillion family and your guys' long history in the ag industry and the produce industry. I grew up with a lot of my friends uh, who are Armenians and you know, their parents, grandparents were in the tomato, uh, mostly tomatoes in our Cutler Rossi area. But um, yeah, you guys have a very long standing history there in the Central Valley. I do. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. And Cutler Rossi area is, I mean, that's prime citrus growing ground. You've got, you've got good soil there. Very good soil. Trust me. I'm, I'm telling you, every time I get to a Florida citrus grove, I keep, I pick up the sand and I'm like, how do you, I don't get it. And they're like, it's a tropical item. It can grow in this sand. But when you go to California, you pick up that soil and it's, it's dirt, right? It's, it's, it's crazy. So listen, Bianca, it's been fascinating having you on the show today. It's been great coming to you live from Indianapolis, Indiana. If anybody wants to get a hold of yourself or Fruit World, how can they go about doing that? Yeah, thanks, Patrick. And um, thank you to, to you, Ross. So to get a hold of Fruit World, we are on the internet at www.fruitworldco.com. We are on um, all the social media platforms. Definitely hit us up on LinkedIn and um, on Instagram. Uh, we post videos. We post some fun stuff. You can see what's going on in Fruit World world. Well, it's been fantastic having you on the show, and we'll see you in the fields and on the horizon. Bye, guys. Well, Ross, thank you so much for bringing Bianca to the table today. It's been fascinating to learn more about organic citrus and a grower, packer, shipper in the Central Valley. I love getting growers on board to tell their story and talk about where the food comes from. Yes, Patrick, it's always good to have those people that are in our industry just as passionate as we are. As we always talk about, it's relationships, it's networking. You know, Bianca and her story was just fascinating to me. And the products that we had last season at Indy here, our customers really related to, really love the story, really love the products. And so I thought she'd be a great guest to have on the podcast. And I was glad we were able to make it happen. Been fantastic. So Ross, again, anybody want to get a hold of Indianapolis Fruit Company uh, or the company? How do they do that? Well, just as Bianca mentioned for Fruit World, we're kind of the same. You can go to IndieFruit.com. We're on LinkedIn, Facebook. We have a YouTube channel with some videos on there. So you can find us all over. You've been listening to the Produce Industry Podcast with Patrick Kelly. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor to get new, fresh weekly episodes.
For more, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Produce Industry Podcast. Until next time, see you in the fields or on the horizon.